the Sugar We're Going Down podcasting, a fallout boy podcast where you go track by random ass track until we die. My name is Caitlin, and joining me until we die is Joe. Hello, my name is Joe. I, I, I was trying to decide if I was going to say the thing again about us not seeing Pete Wentz's dick, and I, I second-guessed myself, and now I'm in whatever this is as an intro. <laughs> um, but hello, my name is Joe, and this week we are joined by a very special guest. A long-awaited episode that I've been complaining about not getting <laughs> every time we got, like, a bunch of other songs on the same EP. Uh, but we are finally doing Lake Effect Kid, and we are joined by Ember. Hi, I'm Ember, and I like Fallout Boy. That's my <laughs> intro, I'm going with that. Honestly, a strong info, because that's questionable with a lot of our guests. Yeah. That's fair. And us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but from, from what I've heard, yeah, it is debatable. Yeah, it really depends on the week, depends on the song, uh, but wouldn't you know it, Lake Effect Kids is good. It slaps. It fucking slaps. It rules. I love it as a piece of history for them. I'm glad that they finished and put it out. Um, if I remember correctly, I think, Ember, you said that they should, like, a week before they did, so I'm bl- yep. like... <laughs> Absolutely ruined me. Like, I couldn't believe it. In fairness, though, I've been saying it every single week since the demo. Uh-huh. Like, it's been a continuous thing of like, yeah, I, th- I really wish they should release that song. And then, like, it, of course, it would happen like a week after I've done it because I do it every week. Mm-hmm. I guess that's true. If you keep it up forever, eventually, eventually you'll hit. Like, they made uh, Weezer cover Africa. So, <laughs> um, God, yeah, I forgot about that. Surely it, it's the same logic as that. It's just that you didn't get credit for it. Yeah. Um, when when Fall Out Boy did it. I- I'll be in the, I'll be in the liner notes when it's on an album, when it's on um, Believers Never Die 3. Well, fun fact, I complained about this before. It's on Believers Never Die 2, but only in Japan. Yeah. Oh, for God's sake. And I don't know why, because it's like one of their best songs. Yeah, I I don't know why they were like, only Japan gets this. Yeah, it's like a weird Japan-only bonus track, which like, I guess, the I, I, I get the appeal of that, but that shouldn't be like, Lake Effect, Ken. Yeah, why was it that song? Yeah, they have, it, they have like a history of putting really, really good songs as Japan-only exclusives. Like, I remember I go on Wikipedia and look through, oh, these are the track listings, and see, just see a song that's buried under all of it. Like, I've never heard this. Listen to it. And be like, wow, this is one of my favorite things that's ever been made. Mm-hmm. That's just follow Why does like. Japan have that we don't? <laughs> Culture. And a good public transit system. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, we complained about Believers Never Die before, uh, or Volume 2 specifically, because... Mm-hmm. It's tepid. It's strange yeah. that, like, they include, like, champions on here, but not... Um, Oh shit, what's the song title I'm thinking of? Hold Me Tight or Don't. That's a good one. Um, it's not the one I'm... Um, Young and Menace. That one took a while to warm up on me. The whole... Honestly, this is the thing about uh, Lake Effect Kid. I didn't... So I listened to um, American Beauty, American Psycho. Didn't really like it that much and just kind mm-hmm. of gave up on it. Didn't come back to them when they released Mania because I heard a snippet of Young and Menace and I was like, a dubstep in my fall, are boy. And... <laughs> Then I mean, they had a drop on uh, Save Rock and Roll too, though. They did, and I, I think it. W- I do think it worked in the, in that song. But like, I, I don't know. There was just something about like I still haven't decided. Yeah, and then <laughs> they released the Lake Effect Kid EP, and I was like, Oh my god, okay, I'll go. I'll go listen to Mania, and I warmed up on it a little bit. I like Mania a lot. I think it's my favorite of the post hiatus records. Um, really? It feels it feels the most like they're achieving what they're trying to achieve. Like the other records feel like a little unfinished to me. I I've 
never really been a big fan of American Beauty, American Psycho, but I just like Save Rock and Roll a little bit less the further I get away from it. Mm-hmm. The only, like, Champion and Last of the Real Ones are the only Mania songs that made it onto this record, which is like, Last of the Real Ones, I do get. It rules. And mm-hmm. it's a single. But Champion seems like it's under so many other songs from Mania. Yeah, seriously. Even, like, Wilson, I'd say is better. Like, in terms yeah. of songs that I would associate more with that. Like, I don't know. I don't know what it is about Champion. I just, I'm not a big fan of it. It's because it's not very good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we described it as, we described it as, like, Centuries again, but also not good. God, yeah. And I didn't even like Centuries the first time. I loved Centuries the first time, but now I don't like it. I'd just much rather listen to Tom's Diner. Yeah, that's fair. I like whenever Fall Out Boy sample stuff, but, like, often it does nothing. Like, sometimes it's like, okay, cool, interesting, but other times it's just like, hey, we liked the sound of Tom's Diner. This song, like, our song has nothing to do with it other than we thought that that little, you know, melody line was good, which, I don't know. I like when samples are a little bit more than that. Yeah, me too. I agree. But yeah, so Lake Effect Kid is a song that came out on the Welcome to the Administration mixtape leading up to Folly Adieu, uh, and... Your favorite era. Yes. Yeah. And I think this song is like, it, it sounds like a really, I feel like you can hear the bridge between Infinity on High and Folly Adieu in this song, um, which is partly why I think it's fascinating that they did go back and like record it in 2018. And it still kind of sounds that way. Like obviously Patrick's voice is from 2018, but even still he's like dipping into those like high notes and falsettos that he used to do. The guitar, the drums all sound like they used to. Yeah. And then they put out Hands Up, which is, I think, one of the most boring songs they've ever made. I, I listened to the, the whole EP when it came out, and I, I think I listened to, like, I think I listened to the whole thing once and just went, okay, I'll just, I'll just add that song to a playlist then. Because <laughs> it doesn't sound <laughs> like the rest of the EP at all. It's really weirdly placed. Yeah, the Lake Effect Kid EP, they've described it as, like, Three different, it's three different songs about Chicago, uh, and they describe it as like a past, present, future thing, because like Lake Effect Kid, you know, sounds like their old stuff, and then they do uh, Sitting in a Garden, which sounds like a B-side from uh, Save Rock and Roll or, or mm-hmm. American Beauty, I don't really care for it. And then I think the, the third track, that I don't remember the name of it, Super Fade. Super Fade. I like Super Fade a lot, because it sounds like, I mean, it sounds like what Mania sounds like. I like Super Fade more than like half of Mania. Um, just cause it kind of goes pretty hard. Uh, but yeah, it, it is as an EP, it is, uh, completely tonally dissonant. None of the songs sound remotely similar other than like, yeah, I can tell they're all Fall Out Boy and they're all about Chicago. I appreciate the concept of it. I actually wasn't aware that it was, that was the common thread between them, but even still, it doesn't make for a great listening experience. I am HO. Yeah. I usually like, I like lake effect kid and super fade a lot but i would usually like leave the ep on repeat and skip city in a garden yeah which because city in a garden is just uh country roads but for chicago <laughs> um <laughs> it really is very unsubtly and uh yeah we've we've covered both of those songs already and both times i was like still no lake effect kid <laughs> but finally yeah i called here. dibs on this uh on on this feature like like a year ago or something yeah, whenever yeah, whenever I made that schedule, I was like, "Hey, I know you love Fall Out Boy. Do you want to come on the show?" And this was your pick, and we we've just been waiting. Me too. Me too. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think it shreds. I think uh, you know, uh, like Head First Slide is you know clearly my first 
my top song, but I think this is a strong contender for number two for me. That's that's pretty up there. It is. I uh, I think I I think I'd be inclined to agree with that. It's definitely it, it's. Probably the most Fallout Boy sounding Fallout Boy song, if that makes sense. Like it just sounds so it's like such a snapshot of that era when I was really, really into Fallout Boy, and I was so mm-hmm. sad that it never got more than a demo. But at least it was like a full demo. Um, but it's nice to hear it without you know Clinton Sparks saying his name over it. Yeah, get familiar. Oh God, I'm having flashbacks. Yeah, it, it's wild that they did it like ten years later, and it still has that exact snapshot energy. I think I read, I think it was the City in a Garden episode, but I read um, that the reason they recorded it is because they were recording City in a Garden, and Patrick just sang the wrong words. He sang Lake Effect Kid, uh, and they were like, shit, I guess we can finish that one too while we're here. Like, it's, you know, other <laughs> lyrics about Chicago, and I guess that's how they get the that through line on the EP, but um, yeah, no, it rules. I'm glad it has a proper release, and it sounds, it doesn't, it doesn't sound like post-hiatus fallout boy which it really easily could and i think it's interesting that they are capable of doing this exact sound and choose not to yeah yeah like it's not just a thing that's now past them uh creatively it's something that they can still dip into and i wish they would just a little bit more yeah i wonder if they play this live because obviously they play like so much of their old stuff and i'm sure it still sounds good um but i i wonder if this is on any set list i haven't ever looked on um I'm actually not sure. I remember seeing that it was on some set lists, like they'd done some like acoustic sets and stuff and like medleys. Mm. Um, but I'm not entirely sure if it's been on anything sort of, you know, post its actual release. Yeah. I'd hope I so. Wonder, I wonder if it's on their dad their dad rock tour that they've been currently postponing. Oh. <laughs> Cause that's a that's a song for your for your real fans right there. Which is the term I hate. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, yeah, it's like a deep cut. It's like uh I'm I'm kind of genuinely surprised that they play as much off of Folly do what they do as they do. Like open, mm-hmm. they used to open with Disloyal Order, and I'm like, I mean, that's kind of surprising to me. It's cool, I love it, but there's not a lot of people who love that record more than the rest of them, like I do. Mm-hmm. Which is it's a it's a solid opinion to have, I think. Like I wouldn't say it's definitely my favorite, but I think it's massively underrated. What is your, what is your favorite? Oh. It depends on the day. But like, there's been there's been times when uh, Take This to Your Grave has been my favorite. I'm like, yeah, I just mm-hmm. really love that early pop punky sound that they have. Like there's some there's some territory that they go into on that on that record that they don't really ever revisit again. Um, like musically and lyrically. And then other times I'm like, I love the production on Foley. But I think that the album that got me into Fall Out Boy was Infinity, so I would say just for that reason it's it's my favorite. Because there's yeah. some some songs that slap on that it's a perfect album it is yeah i I really love take this to your grave i think it is like a highly contested third spot for me and infinity on high is number two that's good i I approve of that and then i'm not sure how much i approve of mania being at the top but i'll let it slide yeah like yeah i think (laughs) mania is like comfortably behind take this to your grave just because i'm not a big fan of cork tree and i'm also not a big fan of uh save rock and roll or uh american beauty american beauty i definitely put on the bottom of that list i'm not entirely sure what the what the middle of that sandwich is but mm-hmm. i know that is the the crust at the bottom mm-hmm. i i think i agree even though i do like a lot of songs on it like irresistible is a slap and a half yeah and i kind of like twin skeletons I, immortals is like a one of the my favorite followed by songs ever i just really 
wish the rest of the album was anywhere near as interesting. Like I don't I don't know what it is about it. It just it just feels off to me. Yeah, it's like I like a lot of the songs, but it is like definitely the bottom of my list as an album. Yeah. Also, the title track sucks. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, I like whenever we have guests, we kind of get to like dig into their whole like Fallout Boy, you know, opinions and experience. Um, which some some people is like, yeah, I've heard this song on Rock Band and that's it, which is fine. But um, <laughs> shout out to Saker, previous guest. But <laughs> obviously, I knew that you've you've loved this band forever. Was my uh, was my favorite band for a, for a long time. I used to have an iPod with nothing but Fall Out Boy on it, and I think Panic's first album. Me too. Oh, that album though. <laughs> that's a that's a pretty a pretty uniform experience. I think a lot of people have had though. I thought you were gonna say that's a pretty odd experience. Oh, <laughs> I'm punch pre- you for the screen. I should have I should have made that joke. Pretty odd. I I I am also weird in this opinion. Pretty odd's my favorite Panic album. I hate album. that fucking album. What? I love it so much. It's kind of the only thing I care about anymore from Panic, which, to be fair, you know, half the band disappeared, and then, again, half the band disappeared, and now it's just Brendan Urie. Yeah, um, and, but... and next year, half of him will disappear. It'll just be his head. <laughs> well, yeah, well, it'll, he'll double the numbers in the band, because it'll be as heartless and as nobody. <laughs> oof! Oof! Oh, that was a deep cut. I try not to, I try not to make uh, Kingdom Hearts jokes, but I couldn't resist that one. I th- like I said earlier, I in terms of things that I just kind of get bored of eventually. Um, yeah, I feel that. I, yeah, that was that was panic for me. Like, I think I, I was interested up until, um, I can't remember what the album was called, uh, the one that's got Vegas lights on it, um, and This Is Gospel. Like, that, that album's got... Uh, oh. too, we- too Weird to Live. Too, 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 re- too yeah. Real to, to Live. Something. something. Yeah, too, yeah. Rare, too Rare to Die. I, I, liked, I, I liked that, and then they released more stuff, and I was like, I can't be bothered. Yeah, I liked some songs off of uh, Too Too Weird, Too Rare. I liked a lot of songs off of Mona Lisa, but uh, yeah, I kind of just like, they became like, oh, they're still going kind of a band for me, which yeah. I thought Fall Out Boy was going to be too until I liked Mania. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can, like, as much as I can slate Mania, like, it definitely did turn me back around into thinking, okay, this band still has something to say. And then they fucking did Hands Up, which I don't like at all. <laughs> and we still yeah. haven't heard Bob Dylan. I might go my whole life not hearing Bob Dylan. I might too. Same. But yeah, so Lake Effect Kid, I think I think we've covered all the like, you know, context history pieces of it. Um and we've already said it slaps. Is there any other like musical comments we have? I this listen, like, before we started recording, I was I think I noticed how hard the drums hit for like the first time. One of um one of listens to this podcast previously, I'm always amazed by like your sonic vocabulary, because mine is just that was good. Um, <laughs> that's literally me on this show joe's like well, here's all the chugs and stuff and i'm like it sound good yeah, I, the or i vibrations didn't like in when my patrick ears. do that with a voice <laughs> that is one thing i will say about it like it's it's rare you get to hear a studio recording of something that well unless a band like sort of re-records something i guess but follow i haven't done that much um but you get to hear sort of like a before and after like like joe said there's you know, 10 years of different vocal ranges coming from Panic. Panic. Patrick. <laughs> um, so you can really pa- hear, pa- like, Patrick the difference. Patrick at the disco. Oh, God, yeah. That should have been the, that should have been the band. I'd be more interested in that than Brendan Young. <laughs> I want to see the two of them sing together, just, like, full out. They uh, did uh, on, um... Nosebleed, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, like, just, like, the two of them together just going apeshit, like, just <laughs> together. 
Have they ever? Surely they've toured together, but I don't know if they've done it since Nosebleed or if they performed it. I think I don't know if they're like they might be too big separately now because that was at a time when Panic was kind of around the same. Like just maybe just below in popularity. I never, I had yeah. no idea that Panic were as big as they were like when they first came out because, like, I'd heard of them and you know people were talking about them and then like, I looked it up and I think some of their singles were like charting better than Fall Out Boy. And I was like, I always thought Fall Out Boy were the MVPs of pop punk, but Panic really, yeah. really Panic s- slipped Panic into that. Has been, yeah. Well, the, yeah, they were kind of trading blows. It's kind of like you know the 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 mid two thousands emo versions of the the Beatles and the Beach Boys. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and they, then the, and then Panic the made that on their second album. The first time I saw album. them, the mm-hmm. first time I saw both of them, they were together. But it has not been, it has not been that way since i think Mm -hmm. it's it's i mean what what was that single high hopes but that Mm -hmm. that that was ridiculous i still my mom was singing that and i was like why are you singing a panic song yeah my mom knows that song too yeah it's weird when a band gets to that point like uh 21 pilots got that way immediately because of heathens that's not even like i say immediately even though it was like i don't know five six years from like point a to point b but but yeah it's 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 very weird to have like oh yeah this is like a weird emo band I grew up with like uh, I write sins not tragedies is like uh, some people's entire personality and aesthetic and then <laughs> and then they get to a point where they release high hopes and it's like a song for a a, a poorly advised uh, political campaign and it's like a very strange dissonance yeah definitely it's it was I mean I was weirded out like a couple of years ago when my when my sister started like saying oh I, I like Panic at the Disco and I was like pardon. Because my sister listens to dubstep, and I was like, "What's going? Oh. What's what's going on here?" And uh, she was like, "Yeah, different. yeah, yeah." And then she turns around and goes, "Yeah, no, I like Nine in the Afternoon." I was like, "Oh, okay, you don't like Panic then." <laughs> I'm sorry. Nine in the Afternoon rules. It's it's oh. good. It's definitely one of the highlights of the album. Like I, I I do like some of the individual songs on that album. Also, sorry to come on your follow up by podcast and talk about Panic. It's okay. Um, Literally, it this is yeah. just poor Joe. This is just double Caitlyn energy. Honestly, <laughs> I'm fine with it. I think it's, it's, I, I don't. It's it's legitimately difficult to talk about Fallout Boy in this like this wide of a berth without actually talking about Panic at the Disco as well, or like the rest of that scene. Yeah, the orbit of uh, of Panic. Not pa- oh god, the orbit of Fallout Boy at the time <laughs> was very gravitational mm-hmm. for these bands. Well, and I mean, yeah, like, Panic and Fall Out Boy have always been, like, two peas in a pod. Like, they're in all each other's fucking videos and shit. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. I remember, but speaking of a $20 nosebleed, I I remember the first time I heard it. Like, Patrick's and Brendan's voice just... I, like, now I can hear the differences, but when I first heard it, I was just like, yeah, it's just Patrick. Yeah, I it took me a long time to realize that was a feature. Mm-hmm. Which I think, yeah, there's... uh, What I catch Donnie, there's also a feature that I always thought was just Patrick doing a voice and I was wrong. Um, he just gets a little bit more like, yeah. and there you go. You've got that. You've developed Brendan Yore. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. And that's the thing. I, I do think they like, they bounced off of each other and like, shit, I love what they're doing. How do we learn from that? And that's how we get, I think, thanks for the memories, especially like that. That really feels like a post panic song for fallout boy. Yeah. But yeah. And then still, still one of my favorite fob songs. I think that might be up there as my number one, just because of how, mm. Oh, how much it means. I think... And that video with Kim Kardashian. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah, we did that one pretty recently. 
Um, and I, I was going to say, we did that last week. That's not true. It's been a minute, but we did it recently. <laughs> Time is fake. Uh, it, it feels simultaneously like it was last week and two months ago. Um, but yeah, that video's fucking strange, and I never knew about it. Just a, just a weird time. And it was also that perfect snapshot of all the product placement in music videos as well. Because I think every single music video that released that year had that same Nokia phone in it. Yeah. But they just passed it around. <laughs> it's just the same prop that they used in every video to save money. Yeah. Um, it's, it's like how movie studios just like, you know, you never know when you're going to need a robot baby. So we just keep them around. <laughs> <laughs> just this sounds so insidious. <laughs> You never know. And then sometimes... Break, it, break glass in case of emergency. Yeah, and then sometimes another studio might need a baby and you rent it out. You gotta rent out your robot babies. Mm-hmm. But any, but anyways, I, we got onto this this whole tangent because you said Patrick's name wrong, <laughs> um, which is very funny. That's that's ADHD. Hell yeah. That's this podcast. Fall Out Boy rumblings. At least this was like related to music and not us talking about Star Wars for an hour. That's true. We've done that in the past as well. Yeah, I saw. I wonder what would happen if we got Ember and Carly on the same episode. That wouldn't... Too I, powerful. I, I, it, Too powerful. We would not even discuss music or any media. <laughs> We'd... At least 45 minutes of that uh, four-hour session would be devoted to talking about toes or something. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's kind, of, yeah, that's kind of what happened with just Carly on the show, so... I don't know if you listened to the church episode yet, but it's primarily about toes. I have not listened to it, but I will. Now, with that glowing recommendation, I definitely will. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we, we've been talking for a bit, and we haven't d- dug into the lyrics yet, which we can do soon. But yeah, what you were saying, I'm surprised that I remember it before all this, but like Patrick's voice, it's, yeah, it's, it's interesting to, like the way that he can still use that higher register the way that he used to. Like, this sounds like, th- this, this distinctly sounds like they wrote it um, in... You know, that like 2007, 2008 time. And mm-hmm. when they re record it, none of that is lost somehow, magically. Yeah. The, the production on it is absolutely killer. Like, I don't know, I don't know what they did, but like you said, it is just a snapshot of that, of that time. It's, it's, oh, oh, it's just so good. There you go. That's my take. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> it looks like, uh, I'm, I'm pulling up on, on genius.com that the producer credit, is uh well to them but also to sean o'keefe which is a name that is all over take this to your grave but like not much of fallout boy after that which is interesting that if they actually went back to their old producer like hey we need to sound like you used to we're just gonna work with the people we used to work with that's really interesting i i had no idea though it's i it makes me wonder like is it just that simple are they just working with producers that have completely different like goals and, and interests in sound it's amazing how much like input a producer has into a into a track oh yeah like, I, sure. I, it, it, I never realized that until um my my other favorite band uh metric they started doing their own production for a while and the sound like the sound developed on its own and then they got i can't remember the name of the producer but they, for their latest album art of doubt they got in this like producer who'd work with like Beck and Nine Inch Nails and stuff and the album sounds completely different and it's amazing mm-hmm. but I think that was like the point in my brain where I went okay yeah no that the producer matters it's not just the person who presses the buttons mm-hmm. yeah they're they're doing a lot of stuff and a lot of times they will like say like oh yeah do that again but do it like this or run it this way but yeah producers and, and engineers are are uh 
uns, un, unsung uh, members of that. And then, like, yeah, you hear it sometimes, like, I'm going to do this all on my own. And it, um, I mean, like, I, I love uh, Soul Punk, but, like, you can tell it's just one guy doing all of it. It's, yeah. it's ridiculously it's really... impressive for that, but still. Yeah. Like, it, it's, I, I, I can't, um, like, did he learn all the instruments just to make the album? He probably knew a lot of it already because he's a, a nerd like that. Um, yeah, because he was he he was originally their drummer, and then he had a a better voice than anyone else, so he started singing, and they had to get another oh, drummer. Yeah. Um, which it, Andy Hurley, if I remember correctly, just kind of showed up last minute and hasn't left. Yeah. Um, which I mean, I, I, I don't even think he knows he's in the band. <laughs> he might not. He's like, yeah, sometimes I it's, record drums. It's been twenty years, and he's still not sure. Mm-hmm. You you ask him about Fall Out Boy, and he's like, I'm not gonna hang out with those white people. <laughs> It's like, there was this bit that they used to have on Last Podcast on the left that was like, originally the show was just two hosts, and they had this other guy, Henry, on as a guest, and then like, 600 episodes later, they're like, yes, longest running guest, Henry Zabrowski. <laughs> That's a good way to That's do it. it. But yeah, Andy Hilly is the featured drummer of every Fall Out Boy song. Yeah. It's always, it's Fall Out Boy featuring Andy. <laughs> um, but yeah, Andy destroys this song i love how the drums sound and how they're they they come through um it's nice to hear them do like i I do like their electronic stuff it's just like a really nice breath breath of fresh air to like actually hear how hard andy is destroying those drums and it's all analog which is nice yeah i agree i'm a i'm a big fan of uh hard-hitting drums uh i think drums are very much an unsung hero in in a lot of songs Mm -hmm. that's uh i I did an episode on a, another podcast about the Wonder Years Greatest Generation album, and I was just like, "Yeah, my, my, like Mike Kennedy is just like a really good drummer, and we should all be talking about Mike Kennedy all the time." <laughs> I think I think the same about uh, Fall Out Boy featuring Andy Hurler. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, I don't want to actually make a joke about it, but there was a similar thing when um, Avenged Sevenfold hired what's his name to be their drummer, and uh, like it took a long time for them to just be like, "Yeah, he's our drummer now," like. He was just like, and I, and I get why, but like, he was like, yeah, we need to hire someone to play at shows and record. And like, after like a year, they were like, yeah, I guess he's our drummer. I guess we could admit that he's our drummer now. It's a, uh, sorry to constantly bring up Panic at the Disco, but like when it, it does remind me of like after they split in half and then they got some touring members who sort of became members of the band, but then didn't. And then it's just like, it's, it's very clear that Brendan Yuri is the boss here. Yeah. Uh, and like, yeah, yeah, you're, you're. Your existence is entirely balanced on if if I care enough. Yeah, it, um, he seems like a weird. he seems like a nice, cool dude, but I would hate to be in a business meeting with him. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, because they they had that they have their guitarist that was on a Ninja Sex Party song for some reason. I, Wait, who? What? I don't remember the guitarist's name, but he's on oh some song on Cool Patrol, doing a solo. That is actually pretty sweet. I wasn't aware of that. I will. Uh, I'll have to look out for that. I read, I, I think it was like an episode of Game Grumps, which I don't actually watch anymore, but um, I think it was Brian. He was just like, yeah, no, they were recording something for Panic uh, that same weekend we were in the studio. They heard what we were doing and thought it was cool and asked to do a solo on it. They asked them? Whoa. It's like, hey, this is funny and cool. I, and it sounds great. I want to I wanna be on that. And I guess they did. So I don't remember what song it is. I think, I can't even remember like what's a... Ninja Sex Party song with a guitar solo off the top of my head. I can't remember. Oh God, I don't. I I, I I've seen them live and they're very good live. They put on a great show, but like they're not mm-hmm. a band that I'll go through and 
with with a fine tooth comb like I will with you know Fallout Boy or Panic at the Disco apparently. Yeah, they they yeah I I really liked what they've been doing since Twerp became their backing band. Um, which yeah. is why I think Cool Patrol is pretty good. But even still, like it's like yeah, you know, I still don't think they've put out like a a really great record. They put out records that have a lot of good songs on them. Yeah, the cover albums I like. I like the idea of and stuff. But mm-hmm. a lot of the time, I I find that with most covered songs, to be honest, unless they're like massively different than what the original sound was going for, like I I listen to them and I go, yeah, I wish I was listening to the original song. Yeah, I like a lot of Ninja Sex Party covers and. But yeah, I, I think I agree with you. Like, it's very easy to just kind of feel like karaoke. Mm-hmm. But I, like, or it's like weirdly conceptual where it's like, oh yeah, I love the Proto Men cover record. And they do change a lot of, you know, they, ma- they make a lot of sonic decisions on that one. Yeah. They like drove all night. They make the song twice as long as the original just so they can jam for like three minutes. And oh, that's the stuff I love. Yeah. And they make a uh, Total Eclipse of the Heart even more theatrical <laughs> than it was to begin <laughs> with. But yeah, did you listen to... Sorry, Caitlin, that we're just talking about other shit now again. Um... Oh, no, you're fine. <laughs> I'm just vibing. You do love to vibe. I do. Keeping it tight. Yeah. Uh, we are on our, our mobile Nokia phones. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 just the one, we're passing it between each other. Yeah. Um, did, you, did you listen to the acoustic <laughs> album that Dan did? I did not. Um, that one, that one uh, went by me. It's, it's... I mean, it's been pretty recent. I don't blame you. But it, it, it's... Kind of similar in that where it's like, yeah, I like a lot of the songs. I like Dan's voice, and I also really like the the Super Guitar Brothers on it. Um, they're also great guys. I've, I've hung out with them, um, so oh, I nice. so Name I always drop. so I always like hearing what they do. Uh, but just like, um, yeah, that was an interesting thing, and I was curious if you liked it. Uh, Mouse is back. Hello, Mouse. Um, <laughs> we should probably get into the lyrics of this song so this episode doesn't go for two hours. Yeah, which I wouldn't be object to either, but. I could I could talk about anything for several <laughs> hours. You are valid. I have now validated you. Oh, oh wow. You've returned it. You've returned the favor. <laughs> Did I validate you before the episode started? I think so. Yeah. Um m- that's much, the context. M- much like uh queer creators just passing around the same money on different patrons, we're all just passing around the same validity ticket to each other. <laughs> That reminds me of like my mom and a brother. They uh, like send each other the same twenty pound note every year. <laughs> That's a good bit. Um, yeah, and I I know people who are like try and pay each other for lunch and stuff, and they end up just sending the same twenty dollars back and forth on Venmo. Oh God, yeah, it's very funny. Uh, Caitlin, <laughs> I don't know whose turn it is to read lyrics. I'm gonna be honest, Joe. My brain's all fucked up because we took a week off, and also the world is on fire. Yeah, we took like two. We took multiple weeks off. <laughs> oh yeah, how about that? Uh, I can read first. Cool.
one goes, sometimes when I'm in heaven, I get forgetful of the earth. Whoa. Until I hear you bickering like bugs and birds. The heat is off. Gates open. The shade is down. It's interesting how reading that none of those words rhyme, but Patrick has the voice of an angel and it sounds great. Yes. Yeah, but but is it birds and down sort of sort of rhyme when Patrick sings them, I think. He, but like yeah, the rest he knows of how it, to do it. Yeah. That's a, all these years of follow up by he knows. He gets it. Yeah. This boy. It makes me wonder if like Pete's just like trying to write something that he can't make sound good. You think he's ever like trying to push that envelope? Like, can I write two words that just Patrick will not be able to salvage? And Patrick's always yeah. like, no, I got it. And he just like yeah. invents a new note somehow. <laughs> yeah, but Pete's like, yeah, I'm gonna write. I'm gonna write like really, really terrible lyrics, and Patrick won't be able to make them like sound good. And then uh, American Beauty got released. <laughs> I was <laughs> gonna, was I, I was gonna say Cork Tree. Oof. was my bit because I do kind of feel that way about Cork Tree sometimes. Which to be fair, I think Pete's Pete's life was exploding at the moment, so I can relate to yeah. uh, how art turns out when your life is exploding. Yeah, I really like that album though. Like it's. Oh. A lot of people do. You're not like I. I am the one who is against yeah. the grain. Yeah, Joe and I are the weird people for mm. not being all that into. Uh, oh, am I? Am Cork I the tree. defender of Cork Tree? Then is that me? Yeah, you're not the, the voice of the people. We we've had other Cork Tree defenders on the podcast before, um, but yeah, usually it's like you know, it's just I don't know. It's a, a lot of their records sound transitional, but that's the one that really feels like it to me. Where I'm just like, I don't know. It's not as it's not it's not the crunch they had before. It's not as cleaned up as Infinity on High. It's also really long. Yeah, I lo- I love albums that are long. If an out al- like honestly, if a if a band releases an album and it's not like at least fifty, fifty five minutes, I'm like, really? Come on, could have done better. I, I I'm good at forty three. <laughs> oh no, I'm not a ten track album, I look at it and I go, Why did you even show up? See, I guess I get that. I there are there are bands where I think you know they are better in long form. Like uh, thank you, thank you, scientists. They all their shit's long and it works for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's like I don't know. There's like a weird links that I don't like, and I think that like are like I I think a record is best if it fits on an even number of like sides of vinyl. So like either fit yeah. it on one or go for two. But like if a, if your record does needs to be on. You know, three sides. What the fuck are you doing? Mm. Clean that shit up. That's my hot. That's my I can hot understand take that. on run times. That's respectable. I can I can appreciate that. I mean, I I again like a recent learning experience for me where I was. I I always thought I was every single time. I love long albums. I prefer if an album's longer because even if you know some of the tracks don't hit, you've still got more of an album. That was that was my opinion on it uh, mm. naively until I don't know if this person's been brought up on the on the show before but i listened to taylor swift's later album latest oh. album and uh yeah it's just really 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 padded there's like i'd say about seven songs she could have caught it's just i was like okay yeah i'm not i'm not of that opinion anymore thanks taylor you've i've learned something <laughs> uh, we gotta learn somewhere and you know what it's good that taylor is bringing goodness into the world somehow yeah even if it's just to me because <laughs> i'm valid yeah absolutely yeah i don't think taylor swift's ever come up on this podcast before trying to think i've talked about her on the argonauts podcast i'm trying to think if we ever talked about taylor Swift. i feel like she has to have come up at some point statistically right yeah but i can't like remember because both of us have taylor swift opinions and also like just she's relevant to music but like i can't remember talking about her 
Mm-hmm. She's she there's an I think there's enough of a connection to talk about Taylor Swift because she did that song with Brendan Yura, you know Brendan Yura of uh, Follow Boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he might as he honorary member I think. Yeah, honestly, he's been in so many of their videos. Yeah, he's the about fi- as honorary the as Andy Hurley is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's the he's the fifth boy. He's their Brian Wilson. I honestly think they could just like dip out Patrick every now and then and just put Brendan Yuri and see if people would notice. That'd be that'd be an interesting experiment. That would be that would be a deep like a deep fake where they just make him look like Patrick. <laughs> a deep fake fallout boy. <laughs> uh, deep fake out. That's boy. it. I'm convinced. I'm convinced that American Psycho. That was what it was. That you know what? I that's the we have our new Paul is dead conspiracy for the modern age. Patrick Stump no longer <laughs> exists. He has been replaced by uh, deep fake Brendan Yuri. <laughs> I forgot. I completely forgot about Paul is dead as a thing. That's uh, so funny. There was there was a couple months of my teenage life where that was the only thing I cared about, which is I don't think that surprising, but it's what, true. In what way? Like in a in a you believed it way? Uh, uh, no, I didn't believe it, but like it was just like I thought about it all the time. I was very invested in the fact that it was a conversation. And I was That's like, fair. and like, oh yeah, the the subtle hints on the album art and shit like that. Like, oh, he's not wearing shoes on this album art. Therefore, <laughs> I don't, he's getting ready to walk on the clouds to heaven, baby. Yeah, <laughs> I've read. Uh, yeah, I've I've read so much of that, and uh, now I've of course evolved into is Andrew W K actually like a title that has been passed on to three different people? Which um, I don't know. I, I I haven't definitively made my decision yet, but I do think it is. They are definitely playing into that, and it's very funny. If nothing else. Yeah. He is he is he is performing. Yeah. Oh absolutely. Like when when bands and artists like lean into the weird conspiracies that surround them, I just I think it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Like every single time. Yeah. Also Andrew WK shreds. Yeah. Sorry, uh, Lake Effect Kid. Yes. I was I, I have been waiting to eventually say that I think the lyrics are good. Uh <laughs> I, <laughs> Oh no, you talk my opinion. Uh, I really like um, when I'm in heaven, I get forgetful of the earth. It's like, I, I don't know, it, like, I feel like it says a lot without actually saying anything because it's so broad, but it's just like, mm-hmm. yeah, sometimes you kind of like, sometimes it, you don't come back down to reality for a while when you're in a good spot. And I think, you know, the song being about Chicago, it's like, oh yeah, I kind of forget like, like when they're out of Chicago on tour or recording or in LA or whatever, they can kind of forget that like the reality of Chicago. Yeah, I think um, I've just made the realization that this song is essentially Fall Out Boy's answer to Jenny from the Block. Ah! Okay, that's a take. It is a take, but it's a it's a tr- it's a true one. It's true. <laughs> like, like I'm th- I'm thinking about it now, and like the the whole essence of the of the song is, oh, I'm 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 from Chicago, and don't forget about you know I used to I used to be from there, and I'm still the same person from 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 Chicago. Don't be fooled by the rocks that I've got. I'm still Patrick from the lake. <laughs> I could write lyrics. They rhyme about as much as Pete's. <laughs> I would. I would listen to it if you. If Incredible. You I um. I I'm a big fan of that opening line though, as well. Sometimes when I'm in heaven, I forget get forgetful of the earth. Whoa, can't forget the whoa. Whoa, yeah. I mean, that's that's really what like connects it. Like that's the that's the that's the final screw that connects it all together. And then to follow it up with uh, until I hear you bickering like bugs and birds. The heat is off, gates open, shade is down. That's a lot of things he says in a row, and I don't know exactly what they're pointing towards, like what they're trying to I also, to say. I do find it, I find it strange that he says bugs and birds, like every time I read that, my mouth wants to say birds and bugs. It seems weird that it's the other way around. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. 
It just makes more sense to me. Yeah. I guess because I guess because birds and bees is a saying. That's what um this annotation suggests that it's an altered version of that. Let me, uh, which is an idio idiomatic expression recurring to intercourse. Could you be any more of a cop when you're describing fucking by saying that? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, no, I think it sounds good. I think it's just like yeah, being reminded of like like what 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 you have been away from for a while and being reminded because you like hear drama or whatever. Yeah, I agree. I like that. I like that reading of it. I'm also like, it's becoming apparent to me that, uh, I mean, pri- I deliberately wanted to do this on the fly, so I didn't look up the lyrics of the song, and now I'm realizing I actually never really knew the lyrics of the song that well. <laughs> anyway, like, I if, I don't know what I thought, like, I sing along to it. I don't know what I'm singing. Yeah, it's, I mean, that's that's the Patrick, that's the fallout boy experience a lot of times, too. Yeah. Um, And, and a lot of times on this show, we, we learn lyrics in real time and decide that the songs aren't as good as we thought they were. <laughs> but, uh... Yeah, I'll go ahead and read the pre-chorus, which um, Patrick slips into his falsetto for, uh, but it says, I got a pocket full of deadliness, opium den mother, forget my head, at the dead end called unsteadiness, boxed blondes have less fun. I'm pretty sure boxed blondes have less fun is the only line in the entire song that I could have definitively told you was the actual lyric. It's one of mine. I know most of the chorus and pocket full of deadliness. I like a lot. Um, but I, if you told me that this, this song included the phrase opium den mother, I would have not believed you. Yeah. It's just, it's a, it, it, and again, Patrick can just kind of sing anything and make it sound whimsical and lovely. Yeah. It's um, a blessing and a curse. Cause he's got, he's, he slipped a lot of shit by that. I don't think he should have. <laughs> yeah. No, again, just Pete trying to, just trying to see what he can get away with. The cork tree years. <laughs> oh, uh, oh, low blow, yeah. really low blow. Yeah, well, but still valid. I'll give it you. <laughs> you dragged me for pretty odd. This is the revenge. <laughs> yeah, no, it's fair enough. You're allowed. Yeah, pocket full of deadliness. I I like, and then obviously it's being paired with like uh, you know, drug use and escaping. That's probably another metaphor that heaven could be read as being like, oh yeah, I've kind of been off the shits for a while. I forgot that like there's a reality underneath me when I am quite yeah. like high, like on the the most literal term of it. Dead end called unsteadiness is that's a real Pete line. I like it. I I like that a lot. And uh box blondes have less fun is just very funny. Being like, yeah, blondes have fun, but you can't you can't uh create that for yourself. Like it's a natural thing. Mm-hmm. I'm really appreciating the lyricism of this one. Like I I like I just like the idea of the like your home being the thing that always grounds you. Yeah. Like as a concept. I think that's true of it, pretty much anyone who ends up leaving home. And it's nice to hear a song, you know, about going home and not and, and things grounding you as opposed to going home and everything being kind of weird and different, which is what the usual consensus of, of that is. Yeah. It's weird that like there yeah, there are parts about this song that I relate to. Um, I think more so to where I live now than where I actually grew up. Um, not just because I do live in uh a lake effect area. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It's like there there are certain things where it's like, oh yeah, there's like things on the ground here that I sometimes get in my own head about and forget. And I think it's kind of nice to have Fall Out Boy having that sensibility about themselves when they, I mean, Folly Adieu kind of d- doubles down on the opposite after this, mm-hmm. where it's kind of, it's all head in the clouds, tripping, um, and like it, it's, it's saying things about it, but it, it's, you know, I think this song would have been an interesting addition if it was like, oh yeah, like, we have a song near the end of the record where we talk about 
coming back to Earth and, and checking in. But um, instead, they featured on that Steve Aoki song, Come Back to Earth, and it fucking sucks. So <laughs> I um, actually never knew what lake effect meant until I looked at the sidebar of this genius page. <laughs> I had no idea what they were talking about. I just thought, like, he really likes lakes. I don't know. Well, yeah, it's the, uh, I don't know if you've heard of this place called Chicago. <laughs> 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 Most of it's on, on uh, Lake Michigan. Um, a lot of songs about Chicago will talk about Lake Michigan, which I find, I don't know, it's like a weird dissonance as someone who lives in Michigan. But, um, yeah, mm-hmm. like, my, you know, colleges in this area that I'm in, Grand Rapids, will, like, talk about Lake Effect as their own sort of branding thing. And, yeah, I, I know people who, like, f- I have a friend who likes Fall Out Boy, grew up here, and, like, identifies with the Lake Effect kid thing. Like, this song never specifically, like, it says some chicago things like it talks about the skyline it says lakeshore drive um but like it's still like i think broad enough where it's like yeah i think probably a lot of people relate to this even if they're not in chicago specifically yeah i definitely do i mean i'm i live in england if it wasn't obvious so i i I, you know i know i never had that direct uh cultural relation with fallout by but i found a lot of the lyrics to be poignant enough to my own life, especially as a young teen, mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, it, it resonated enough with me. Yeah, and I like that. That patented Pete Wentz vagueness is one of my favorite things that, like, he doesn't always get to it, but when he does, I'm like, yes, this is why I am so in love with this band, <laughs> that like, mm-hmm. as much as I am. It says so much, yet leaves so much room for interpretation that you can add your own yeah. kind of introspective perspective sorry onto it yeah and i don't think pete wins invented that by any means but i do think like it's a it's a pivotal point in which like bands can shoot to number one just by how they phrase things absolutely that you know now a lot of bands do but but, but fallout by did it really well and they've yeah. been continuously good at it as well yeah it, given that. it holds up and i don't feel like it's you know it's it's vapid uh which there's a lot of songs where i'm like yeah this this doesn't actually say anything where like a lot of Fall Out Boy songs. I'm like, yeah, I can tell there's something here. Like, there is some, there is personal touches, and it's also phrased and worded, you know, really, you know, elegantly and beautifully, at least, like, half the time. Yeah, it's, it's, you do, you scratch beneath the surfaces of, of a Fall Out Boy song, um, and th- there's always, it always feels like there's something under it. Yeah. And sometimes you scratch and you can't find it, and it's just like, well, this is frustrating, and we've had those episodes too, but... Um, yeah sure have but at the very least what i will say is that patrick's voice can convince you that there is something under it (laughs) even when there isn't absolutely Uh, what is the like i i don't mean to be the what does this mean bitch but i don't really (laughs) get the opium dead mother like i get like it's a play on opium dead and dead mother but opium dens are just such a weird illusion in like the 21st century you know I'm tr- what what I mean? What is the modern equivalent of that? Uh... I don't know, cause and I I think I'm thinking about it too much, maybe because I just literally yesterday played like a game about the Philippines and China and the British like invasion and opium. So I'm like, man, opium was really fucked up, <laughs> and like, but we don't like we have still have an opioid crisis, but we don't have like. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have people like taking like oxy together in a padded like hookah bar, you know? Like mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just weird. I, it just hit me weird, and I think it's because I just literally played that thing yesterday. But like I get the play on words too. It's like funny, but I'm like, but like I don't know, man. We don't really have a modern equivalent to opium dens that I feel like you could even be like, look at this bad thing. 
yeah, it might just be like a not so deep allusion to this. Like, yeah, I just you know, I get high with groups of people. Like, I just, mm-hmm. I, I'm, yeah, yeah. Which but I'm sure also, he like, does. Being the mom friend, more or less. Yeah, the drug mom. If you're friend. the dead mother, that is a thing. Like, yeah. Um, not to like delve too past, but much into my own uh history of dabbling in any of that stuff, which I don't recommend doing. But having a mom friend in those situations is heartwarming. It's oh, it's amazing. So if if they have been in sort of those situations, then you know maybe maybe that is where it's coming from. I can I can speak from from my own experience with that. But yeah. Still, I agree. It's a weird line. Yeah. There isn't really there isn't that's one of those lines that you couldn't really argue. You know has has some like a hook that everyone can relate to. Yeah. Yeah. And that one's a very personal Pete line. Yeah. Yeah. So other than that, I I'm good. Just <laughs> thinking about opium. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> well then, well then, Amber, since it is now your turn, would you like to read us the chorus? Oh, I'd love to. Boomerang my head back to the city I grew up in, again and again, forever a lake effect kid. I'm still Jenny from the block. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so I will glad never you, be fooled by the rocks. I'm so glad you made that comparison. I think that it's might so good, Ember. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that might have to be the the pairing this week. It just clicked to me. Like I, I don't know what it was about it. it. Just it just clicked in my head, and I was like, oh my god, that's what it is. I'm reading. I'm reading the pop punk version of Jenny from the Block, <laughs> and I can't unsee it now. Uh, I do love the annotation that describes how boomerangs work. <laughs> oh my. God. Doing great literary analysis here. A boomerang is a tool that, when thrown into the air, always returns to the place from where it was thrown. Thank you. Thanks for that. Yeah. What would I do without genius? What would I do without cartoons <laughs> that taught me this? Yeah, I've seen I've seen enough cartoons that take place in Australia. I know what boomerangs are. God, that's actually reminding me of something complete. Well, not really that off topic, but do, do you know you know Sherlock, the TV show? Um, I'm aware of it. I've never seen it, but I have seen that one Mind Palace clip that went viral a couple times. I've s- okay, I I haven't seen it myself either, but I did watch a H Bomber guy video where he's going through and talking about why it's terrible. Great, my my favorite type of media online: people telling you why they don't like something. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I don't think there's enough of it. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> and we're definitely not adding to it right now. But um, <laughs> there's apparently uh, one of the one of the mysteries is that someone was killed with a boomerang that was thrown at them. And that's why there wasn't any evidence left at the scene. And <laughs> Oh my God, I hate it. That's kinda, I hate it so much. The thing is, there's that's, no way they play that up for how funny it is. It's like so that, that, that is a great plot of like a parody, but <laughs> an actual that's like Dangan romper levels yeah. of like, you really got to suspend your disbelief for that. But that's, that was too much. Like, Oh, Oh, but great, but great lyric. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, yeah, it says exactly what it means to say. Um, it's not it's not a wordy chorus, which I'm completely fine with. Just forever a lake effect, kid. Um, yeah, I like him. I like how Pete can really condense an idea down into like three words. Like it, that chorus being short, but saying so much is so indicative of what Pete does as a whole. Like boomerang my head is just. Yep, I'm I go away and I come back and I go away and come back and like mm-hmm. it just three words done that's all you need to say I'm re- it's very impressive yeah this, this is definitely also one of those episodes where it's talking about like the, the the very special connection of Pete writing things 
knowing how Patrick's going to sing them and knowing how much he, like, he doesn't have to say too much because, like, there's emotion in Patrick's voice and he's very succinct sometimes with, uh, with how he writes things, as you were saying. But, yeah, no, mm-hmm. great chorus. Fucking rules. And then that, uh, that same, like, guitar lick that comes in that I don't even know how to describe. It just shreds. Yeah. Oh, God. I, I Honestly, every single part of this song, if you were to, like, separate it into just the stems, mm-hmm. it's just everything just works so well. Like, it, it, it's just a really, really pleasing song to listen to. It rules. I don't think you need to like Fall Out Boy to like it. Yeah. It's, yeah, that's, that's the thing, like, too. There's, like, a lot of their singles are either too much in their bullshit, like, it's, I, I could see Thanks for the Memories not working on people um, because of what it's playing with. Or, uh, you know, they're, they're more very accessible pop radio stuff like Centuries or Champion that, you know, I find kind of boring. And I think a lot of people who mm-hmm. don't like pop, pop rock, you know, would be like, that's all Fall Out Boy is. I don't care. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, there's something about Lake Effect Kid that like is really accessible, but also just them at their best. Like, it really is like, this could fit perfectly fine on Infinity on High and just be like, yeah, this shreds. They're shredding. It, they're like, it's just kind of all killer, mm-hmm. no filler. And it's not... um. That there are songs on that record, obviously, that play with uh, those darker tones and are more experimental, but this is just, like, very straightforward. Like, Sugar, I, I feel sugar like We're Going it... Down level, but Patrick's a little more coherent. Yeah. Hi. Like, oh, hello, Kat. Um, my, um, I, I think it wouldn't fit on Infinity on High, but it's only because it's not dripping in, like, the irony of, of mm-hmm. that album. Sure. That, that That entire album is, like, just... It's a very like dark toned album. Yeah, yeah, they're really, really lapping up all the cynicism in that yeah. album, which I love. Like, it I, works for it for I sure. I don't think this song's way more optimistic than that. I think. Yeah. I feel like this belongs. I think it, it. I don't think it belongs on Foley. I don't think it belongs on, like it, it. is that perfect middle ground between the two albums. Yeah. It's got sort of the optimism and the general idea of the future in it. Yeah, which which I think is like. A really interesting single that like could have been released between them. I think it's like you know endlessly interesting for them to release it now or not now, but like two years ago, mm-hmm. so long after the fact, and it still has that like it, because of the nature of the song and just simultaneously like um, that like sonically looking forward, or at least it was, but now it's sonically looking back, and it's also about going mm-hmm. home again. I think is interesting. Mm-hmm. There's there's something very poetic about its release. I think. Yeah, absolutely. And the entire story of the song, and I like that Fall Out Boy are a band who can appreciate that and will do it. Like, there's, I'm sure there's plenty of bands that will. Well, they saw your tweets. You know, have. Yeah. Well, exactly. Yeah. 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 Uh, I DM'd uh, Patrick, <laughs> and I said, "Hey, uh, what's what what's uh what's with getting rid of the rest of the band and releasing that album on your own?" <laughs> uh, you get it. I need to get. Um, I've been. Trying to get Pete to send me a, a vinyl of Take This to Your Grave um, because they're like $300 um, on disc Whoa. on Discogs. Um, so if you could let him know about that, I'd really appreciate it. I'm sure I, I know. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah. I know he has a couple just laying around, but I bring it up every now and then on the podcast and he just hasn't gotten back to me. Yeah, that's fair. I'll um, I'll I'll use my connects. <laughs> Did I, I, I actually I've never I don't think I've told you this. Um, I've touched Pete Wentz hand and that's like. <laughs> That 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 story doesn't like it's one of those stories that sounds better when you leave it at one sentence. But and the full thing is, I went to a gig, and uh, a follow up by funnily enough, you know the band that he's in. Yeah. And uh, he, I was like five rows away from the front, um, like this big stadium gig, which was very very close for a stadium gig. Mm-hmm. 
Like, oh, it was it was great. Like I I was I went on my own. I stood. Like so I was loads of rows back, and then I just I was speaking to this girl who was next to me, and I was like, "God, I really wish I could just go up the front." And she went, "Okay," grabbed my hand and just dragged me to the front. Oh, like, I love those things. And I was like, "Okay," I was like, "Oh well, I can't stop this from happening, but I'm also not going to complain." <laughs> and I can't remember what song it was after, but yeah, Pete, Pete touched like a load of people's hands, and I touched his hand, and I was like, "I've never felt like a fan girl before," but I mean, I haven't washed the hands since, so. <laughs> Even even in the wake of Corona, I can't I can't I can't get rid of it. Oh my god! <laughs> uh, I was trying to think of how to make that joke, but you did it yourself anyway. So thank you. No worries. Uh, yeah, I don't think I've told you that I have. Uh, I have a friend who like grew up near Pete. My I have a friend who like lives in Chicago. And I was like, yeah, no, I've met his family. They're nice. Uh, he used to get back our fake IDs when they were stolen by the Metro, and I'm like, cool, okay. Oh. <laughs> That's a guy. Yeah. That's a real guy like that. Mm-hmm. MVP. Yeah, I, yeah. I guess he used to be cool. I mean, he was in Race Trader. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyways. the skyline in my veins forget your nighttime summer love on a gurney with a squeaky wheel and jokas jokas till lakeshore drive comes back into focus i just want to come back to life speak my crazy head to keep you warm at night oh spark not speak spark my crazy head to keep you warm at night it's very um there's a lot there's a lot of stuff in that like 
but Pete paints a very nice picture with his lyricism, like mm-hmm. all all the way through this, like well, all the way through the discography. But like, it's very notable in this song. Like, there's a lot of very evocative imagery. Like, skyline in my veins is just. It says so much. Yeah, it's good. That 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 that's a lyric I like too, because like obviously you know the Chicago skyline is you know kind of iconic for what it is, and you can see it driving past that highway. Um, but like I feel like the way it's phrased, wherever like. Er- Obviously, not everyone lives in an area with a skyline, but if you do, you're probably going to picture your own and be like, yeah, you know, my city is probably a part of, of where I am. Obviously, that's not a universal experience, but mm-hmm. a common one. And then, like, yeah, summer love on a gurney with a squeaky wheel, I think, is just like, yeah, it's beautiful and also not at the same time. Yeah. I don't know if I like that line in particular. <laughs> it seems kind of clunky, but, like, it's it does kind of fit. In a weird way, I like Patrick singing. I like Patrick singing "Squeaky Wheel." Yeah, that's that's. that's I, li- my I like takeaway. the. Uh, <laughs> I like his cadence on on the K and that. Yeah, it's very nice. I'm a big fan of the uh, the annotations on this as well because they list Fall Out Boy has a history of referring to nature inside of their blood vessels. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess that's true. Yeah, like it's not wrong. It's just like a weird thing to notice. Like that that should be like the opening of one of one of your podcast episodes. Yeah. Just being like So did you know that Fallout Boy have a history of referring to nature inside their blood vessels? It's also such an interesting way to phrase it too, because like yeah, they say like a lot of things like X in my veins is like a mm-hmm. a, a, a trope. It's a Pete Wentz special. Yeah, but like mm-hmm. breaking it down to the core components of saying nature inside of their blood vessels is so crazy to me. It's clinical. It's so yeah, weird. Yeah. Much like fucking what was the other one? Uh uh yeah, it altered uh an an idiomatic expression referring to intercourse. Like who was writing these? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking top Fallout Boy researcher out here. Jesus, it's actually like you you see like the uh the the write up of this and realize it was actually Joe age fourteen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, was genius around? I don't know. It used to be rap genius, and then they just made it genius to because people were using it for all genres. Yeah. Actually, there was a middle phrase between that where there was like a rock genius and like other genres, and then they just decided to say fuck it, which um, was probably when their their brand started to work most effectively. Yeah. Instead of like, I don't know, I, th- I think in like two or three years, it'll just be called Gina. <laughs> like they'll just, they'll just shave her something else off of it'll it. It'll just be G. Yeah. Liquid genius. Just to oh, inject sh- that into your veins. I was going to say the exact same thing. <laughs> Uh, I'm glad we're on the same wavelength. Oh, yeah. There's another song of theirs where they say joke us, and I still think the phrasing of that is, like, a weird thing. It's just because Pete wanted it to rhyme with focus. Maybe. I think in both instances, actually. I'm trying to remember. Yeah, I can't remember what other time he did it. I would prefer it if the line was choke us. (laughs) Like, it it would make more sense, because the next line is till Lakeshore Drive comes back into focus, and I, like... Oh, it would be, wouldn't it be good if, like, they were reversing the idea of choking someone into consciousness or whatever? Like, I feel like that would have fit much better. Maybe Patrick just read the wrong thing. Maybe. It also, maybe he's saying uh, Jokers. He's, talk- and he's talking about how there's too many people playing Joker at this point. Like, you gotta stop rebooting the character. Yeah. <laughs> I know, we live in such a society. Uh, we, we do, we are all clowns. I looked up um, <laughs> the other Fall Out Boy song. It's a uh, Dark Alley and a Bad Idea, because he says, Joke me something awful. Oh yeah, oh, or, yeah. Joke, that. joke, joke me something off. We're talking about the forum, but yeah, yeah, it's it's just an interesting like 
or maybe interesting is too generous, but it's just like another way to to phrase what he's talking about using joke as this verb. I don't know. The thing is, I've never heard anyone else do it. I don't know if it's like... Yeah, I don't know if it works. Yeah. It sounds nice. I, I, I think what you said is interesting that like chokus would be uh, not only more understandable, but uh, still makes sense. Yeah. Definitely would argue it makes more sense. Yeah. Than, than jokers. Weird one, that. Mm-hmm. It, it's the kind of thing that sounds regional like i would be like oh yeah like in another place that's a common phrase like you know some countries don't say articles they just say you know the thing and i'm like cool i get that joke us i don't think is i think they're making up their own region for that because i don't know if anyone says it maybe that's how far out of chicago they are now that <laughs> you just have to make up the idioms that were once there yeah it's like yeah stop trying to make joke us happen it's not gonna happen <laughs> Ugh. And yeah, Lakeshore Drive is a road. That's a pretty easy connect the dots. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, come callbacks. Yeah, uh, come back into focus. I just want to come back to life. Um, spark my crazy head to keep you warm at night feels very much like a quintessential Fallout Boy line. Yeah, that's so Pete. It hurts. Yeah, it's just like I am, I I am profiting off of, or, or rather, I am I am mining things about myself to make music that makes other people happy is like a, a core theme and like a good number of fallout boy songs and a good number of songs as well i'd argue it's a, a key component of songwriting yeah i there's something about the way the fallout boy deals with it so narcissistically that mm-hmm. i simult i i either love or hate depending on the song it depends on how good it is i think is the thing where i'm like yeah no you're calling your shot and it's landing which is infinity on high top to bottom um, and, th- yeah. and then there's songs where they say it and I'm like, well, whatever, like, yeah, cork tree. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's a line of like having your cake and eating it. Sure. Yeah. That they, that they really, really walk all the time. Yeah. And that's, and I, that's one of the things I find fascinating about them is that like, you know, it, it's not that they don't miss, but like they hit so consistently and their misses are fascinating. Mm-hmm. Weird band. Yeah. And you can, you can really pick apart the misses as well, mm-hmm. which you do. Can make a show out of that. Yeah, you you sure could. I think that's all the new lyrics. I think everything else is uh repeated. Pre-chorus, chorus. Oh, the chorus lasts a long time. Yeah. At least on paper. But uh Yeah. Yeah, they sing it and then there's the the bridge and then they go again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the, there's a guitar solo that I really like. And Patrick hits these like really high notes for the first time in, you know, years. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think this top comment says it all. Uh Bop. That's <laughs> The real, real way to summarize that that song. Yeah, nothing questionable about it. Just a bop. Just a bop. There's a really uh, as as a whole though, like the whole the song is just very. It's 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 nice that they released it at the time when they did as well because I feel like there was a lot of people, myself included, who were feeling a little bit mm, not connecting as much to Fall Out Boy's newer material. So it was nice that they were releasing this song <laughs> like they were yeah. releasing Jenny from the Block. Yeah, and. You know, you're basically saying to to those people, by the way, we're still those same kids from Chicago. Don't worry about mm. it. I am still Jenny from the block. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, I can't get that out of my head. Oh. It's true. It's not a thing I expected to come up on this podcast, but I'm very glad it did. <laughs> yeah, I do think it's like there, there's something to be said about like bands getting back together after a while and being like, oh, I don't, if you don't like their new sound, sure. But like. Chances are they're still great live. They're still going to play some of their old stuff. And like, there's, there's that too. And obviously like bands are, bands are made up of people 
who will, you know, want to, uh, you know, make what is creatively satisfying for themselves. So, like, yeah, they're going to evolve. They're going to do what they want to do. And, like, you know, at the end of the day, listen to what you like and don't listen to things you don't like. Mm-hmm. That's a, I think that's an important lesson a lot of people could learn is don't hate watch things. Don't hate listen to things. <laughs> Just, you know, criticize things that need to be criticized. But if if, if it's just that you don't like it, you could keep your mouth closed. Yeah, you can just you can just not like it. I think yeah. well, I I think that's true. I think I think that's like definitely true of like people who, you know, will proudly announce and loudly announce that they like things in an ironic fashion. I think it's just kind of that's a boring take. Get over yourself. But I think there is a lot of um learning to be had from indulging in media and criticizing media that is bad as well as media that is good because you can learn a lot from both sides of it, learn what people did wrong and learn what people did right and if you're making something yourself, it's good to kind of cherry pick the best bits out of that yeah. um, IMO. Mm-hmm. But there's definitely enough people kind of dripping in irony at, at things that they don't, that they pretend that they don't like, even though they'll still listen to. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I'm just like, I don't know, I'm getting more and more disenfranchised by the idea of making, you know, an hour and a half of video essay content because you didn't like how Game of Thrones ended. That's just, you know, I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm, yeah. I'm sleepy. <laughs> I just don't like and it. The, Make your tweet. That log format off. as well. <laughs> <laughs> that 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 format as well like has become so inundated by people who think they have something to say but don't. Someone did a video where they were dissecting like Edgar Wright's movies, who I'm a big fan of, um, and they were going through like Shaun of the Dead, Scott Pilgrim, and seeing how he uses like different transitions and stuff and visual comedy um, to get a joke across. That's not something that's necessarily been talked about much in a video format and that's a perfect place to do it because you'll it's literally video uh, vi- visual comedy you can you, you can, can see show that. it yeah yeah so that that makes perfect sense for that to exist in the way that it does whereas i don't need someone to tell me why the game of thrones finale was bad it for oh oh my my pet peeve for this is every single time a new black mirror episode comes out someone feels the need to <laughs> make a video explaining it and it's like wasn't it wasn't that complex to begin with i'm gonna be honest yeah, yeah, there's a lot of, like, blank explained, blank analysis things where I'm like, you don't have to process your media in public. Like, I, I get it. Yeah. I get the appeal. I've written a couple letterbox reviews, but I don't know. Like, that's the thing. Like, that's, I, I like writing and, and doing that kind of media analysis stuff, and I don't do it very often because I'm like, well, has it been said? Is it worth saying? I don't know. But personal, yeah, per- personal pet peeves. Yeah, no fair. I mean, I used to be a video creator myself. Uh, many many moons ago so i i found myself becoming way more in that mindset of if i have nothing to say i'm just not gonna talk yeah <laughs> so i haven't made a video in years because i just I, I i i consume the media in which i like and i'll talk to my friends about it and i'll you know i'll come on a podcast and talk about it but you're not gonna catch me making a lake effect kid what it really means with <laughs> 40 with minute arrows documentary in the yeah yeah like it's not I've got. I don't have that much to say, and there isn't that much to be said, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have been recording much, much longer than that. I will say, on oh, a, yeah. on the Lake Effect episode of this podcast. So I do apologize for uh, running over your usual time frame there. That's fine. I don't. I don't know if we have a usual time because sometimes if it's just us and the song is boring, it's like sixteen minutes, and then sometimes we have a guest and we go this long, <laughs> just because it's we're hanging out with people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fair enough. I ho- I hope it's not like the longest episode of the podcast. I don't. That was probably Gray, right? I can't remember. Yeah. But I remember Gray went long just because we were 
discussing a full ass book and it's yeah, we discussing a whole novel <laughs> and that's a great example of like yeah there was like actual criticism to be made um yeah not just uh, wait until i get into my takes on star wars we've got like another hour and a half to go mm-hmm. yeah well that that all gets cut out no one there no one needs to talk <laughs> a society has evolved past the point of talking about star wars society has evolved past the point of star wars <laughs> i kind of agree with that i kind of don't but it depends it depends on the day yeah that's a that's fair. am i in the mood for it is the question now but i also just yeah it's just i just don't talk about it and it's fine unless it's on uh with my friends and i remove it from the podcast <laughs> that's fair I think that's Lake Effect Kid. I think we've covered a lot of topics about Fallout Boy and Lake Effect Kid in this context, which has been nice. It's nice to finally do this song after we, I, or I have complained about not getting to do it for so long. Um, and Ember, it was so I nice. I have to say, I really, thank you. I really appreciate like your dedication to, to like the, the random list. Like, oh, you, you're not just going to nudge it up or just pretend. Like, mm-hmm. no, we're going we're gonna to have to wait a year. That's just how it is. Yeah, I, I shuffled it once, and it looked good, and I've just kind of stuck with it. it was, <laughs> so, that's fair. I I can uh I can really appreciate your uh, your dedication to that. I have to say, mm-hmm. especially like um I was I've been talking to or I I've talked to Saker about uh you know their bare naked ladies podcast and they do it they do it in order and they're reaching the point where like that is backfiring. <laughs> So, uh, and that's, and that's exactly what I knew would happen to us. I can really imagine like doing a, doing a podcast like that. I think you just kind of get bored saying the same things about the same albums. Like at least mm-hmm. like if, if, I mean, I, I imagine you'd probably, you would have personally would have quit by the time you got to XO. <laughs> on a, on, I think, yeah, the I think XO is a song that I kind of like, but I don't remember if I'm con- the thing is, that's also a record where I don't know what things are by the title. So, mm-hmm. who could say? But I think there's been a. I think EXO is that the one with the slam poetry at the end. Oh God, yeah, yeah. I think I like that oh, song. Oh, I forgot all about that. <laughs> yeah, that's a. What I like about, I mean, <laughs> again, in defense of uh, from under the cork tree, I, I, I think that's the a, songs that I've that's a that. video essay you could make. <laughs> in, a video response to this podcast. <laughs> Um, I real I I think some of the songs on that that hit absolutely fucking slap. Like, I I Dan Stance is one of my favorite Fallout Boy songs ever. I think it's just so good. I think Patrick even said like it was it's his favorite Fallout Boy song. Uh, semi recently, I think. Mm. Uh, and I just I I am inclined to agree. Like, thanks for the memories was the song that made me go like yeah I I, I like the sound of this band. But Dan Stance was like. Okay, yeah, no, I re- I'm into this. Mm-hmm. I remember, like, I remember sitting down and using Audacity to just trim down the intro uh, and loop it, just so I could hear that that same like drum beat yeah. over and over again. That was uh, when I was briefly trying to learn bass. That was, of course, the song I started with. That's the only. It's the only song I know on bass. <laughs> it's a great bass line. <laughs> oh yeah, but uh, yeah, I think that's. I think that's the episode. Thank you again so much for joining us, Ember. This episode has been very fun, and I have loved hearing your insight on it and Fall Out Boy and Panic at the Disco and video essays. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. It's been a it's been a real pleasure. Yeah. Um, I think yeah we we do a pairing every week. I think it's got to be Jenny from the Block, so you can <laughs> yes, so you can find that on the the Spotify playlist and the show notes. But yeah, I think um, 
I think it's time to swing into plug. So I guess, uh, Ember, do you have anything to share or plug? Or if you, if, if you, if you want to be found where people can find you? <laughs> I always want to be found. <laughs> um, you can, I, I mostly uh, tweet. That's, that's about all I really do these days. You can find me on Twitter at IRL Dragon. Um, and I also uh, stream on Twitch uh, every now and then. Um, I stream with my partner um on his twitch which is xxx skull servant xxx and on my own uh, irl dragon as well hell yeah yeah amazing plug yeah i'm, I'm, I'm so practiced at it from uh from years of youtube outros uh-huh. <laughs> don't forget to like comment and subscribe god get a well now they have the now they have the community like tab or whatever the fuck youtube is oh god continuing to evolve I don't... unfortunately when I eventually do make a return to that godforsaken website, I'm I'm gonna be like, what's an end card? I don't understand what any of this is. Yeah, yeah. No, every time I try and like upload something, I'm just like, this is, I've I I feel old just because I've been using oh. YouTube since 2006. Yeah. No, I'm. Yep. Same. Exactly. And it changes like what once a year. So, anyways. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is the part where I get to lean away from the microphone and go, Caitlin. Yes, Joe. Where could people find you on the internet? You can find me on twitter.com at cgn8rs and over on my mostly video games website, uppercutcrit.com. Hell yeah. You can find myself on social media at Ghost of Joe, Ghost of J-O. Uh, as of a recording this, I haven't been very active on social media, but still. Uh, and I make a couple other podcasts. I've been plugging pretty much Nervous Reaction nonstop because I'm really happy about it and proud of it. And also, it's going to end soon, so eventually I will stop being able to plug it. Uh, but Nervous Rex is a show where I dragged my friend Chris through Neon Genesis Evangelion. Uh, we discussed it at great detail and length of everything it did. We did End of Evangelion, and, uh, these past, this past month we have done Gunbuster, which is what, uh, Hideaki Anno directed before Evangelion, or one of the things that he directed before it. Uh, we did Die Buster, which is a sequel made by somebody else. Uh, and we talked about it because that somebody else, Kazuya Suramaki, is heavily involved with the rebuild of Evangelion films, which we will be doing now. Like, that's next. Uh, 1.0 will come out later this month. Well, maybe there's a couple episodes that come out before this one of this podcast, so it might already be out. But 1.0 comes out on my birthday this month, and uh, 2.0, 3.0, and then we're doing Shin Godzilla. Um, so lots to look forward to. A bunch of guests over there. And that podcast is called Nervous Rex. That was a solid plug. Thank you. I uh I picked up I picked up from Wheels repeating the podcast name at the end of it. Um which is mm-hmm. just I think I'm like, yeah, I should be doing that every time. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. Very uh presentary things that you end up picking up after a while. Yeah. Also shout out to Wheels. Shout out to Wheels. Wheels. Our first guest on this show. They don't like Fallout Boy. <laughs> <laughs> uh but I I, oh God. I I I need to listen to uh, to Carly's episode now because oh, they, I, I, need, I need to hear yeah i need to hear all of them yeah but both of those episodes are, are some of my favorite we've done and i think this one will probably end up there too it's very oh, been very fun you. um but yeah i think that's well i mean we have a twitter swgd pod and we have the orange groves discord server that you can join to chat about this show other shows and whatnot the link is on the website for the network at theorangegroves.com and I think that's it. Um, so I'm going to lean away again from the microphone to say, Galen! Yes, Joe? Is this more than you bargained for yet? This one was, but like in a fun way. That's good. Yeah. 
it's hard to whenever we have a guest on it's like what is the energy going to be 10 minutes into it and yeah and uh, i mean i we haven't had like the the pleasure of uh really doing a voice call or anything before so i really could have been a wild card for that one but i'm glad that i was here to represent the pure chaotic gay energy hell yeah that needs to be channeled Tuck, yeah, that's my favorite kind of energy and it, it's the best guy. and it's absolutely necessary on I, I think it's what makes the show shine the most is when it's uh chaotic and gay and yeah and i <laughs> which is fallout boy in a nutshell yeah and i think having like riley and now you back to back on guest episodes is going to like highlight exactly that energy <laughs> <laughs> and and uh the church episode was pretty recent too but yeah uh ember was this was this more than you bargained for yet it was exactly what i bargained for that's great. I would say it was, it was the right amount of bargaining. Yeah, I love. Yeah, you just it's just a real good deal. Solid. To, to yeah. To Tim. Yeah. I, I I saw. I looked at my wallet afterwards, and I was like, you know what? I paid exactly as much as I would have expected to have paid for that service. Which is not. <laughs> which is nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. On that note, that's the end of this episode, and um, until there is another episode. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.